unfortunately he went through the Atkins diet and ended up getting gout. Um, try was trying to bulk up for football, um, and and then ended up getting um, the classic presentation of toe pain um, that eventually accelerated to something called a pseudo gout and then another thing called ankylosing spondylitis where he was having TM TMJ pain and unable to um, walk at times and limp around and 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 I would say he definitely I saw how even salt, sugar, and oil and processed foods were his triggers, but I, I also noticed that um, when he ate healthier, he felt much, much better. And, and so when he was able to make that connection, um, I, I, get really, I got really excited. And so now it's just a defined new purpose for both of us because we can't, if we're not eating healthy, we're not, we, we know that the symptoms will come back. Um, to be honest. And so we have to be very, very careful and health conscious. So we have to um, know that this is the way we practice, but also for our patients. So when we practice it as uh, providers, then our patients definitely know that um, they can try it for themselves. And we've been on the other side. On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm so honored to have the beautiful Dr. Melissa Mandala. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dr. Lori Marwes, for having me on board and just reaching out and connecting to everyone out there. Well, I tell you, we have a lot to talk about because you are also married to a plant-based rheumatologist, Dr. Micah Yu, and you guys have a website called drlifestyle.org, but we really want to focus on your story, how you became one, how would you decide to become a doctor, and then certainly how, your plant-based journey. Sure, absolutely. And I would say that our my journey started, if you look back at it, it, it was kind of evolving. I had a really deep passion when it comes to human behavior. Um, when I, I studied psychology in my undergraduate years, and I really saw that there was um, unhealthy behaviors and healthier behaviors and just being able to connect with patients or even people in general. Um, I was drawn to psychology because I studied health psychology and the doctor-patient relationship and knowing that there is a, a differential sometimes with the, the patient and the provider and knowing that sometimes we have recommendations. Um, however, it's hard to actually practice for patients and sometimes we aren't able to um, connect and build that rapport. And so I really just saw how that evolved in my interest um, because I I did a little bit of um, mentorship and trying to help um, students at that time with crisis. So um, you'll, when it comes to human behavior, a lot of people have trauma, unfortunately. They have adverse child events and where it's very disrupted in their life at a very young age where either people have to move or uh, families are split or they have a, a health um, condition where it really Im impairs their normal life. And so, I saw that very early in my in my pursuit of medicine and health, and I saw that there actually led to these unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy um, behaviors that led to addiction. And so I, in my 
pursuit of medicine, I was really drawn to food addiction, um, substance addiction, and knowing how there is um, a disconnect. Um, a lot of people don't realize that they have this, I call it, I use it with my um, patients, the triangle. So there's the neurochemical, the um, physiological, and then the behavioral side. And each of them um, have a triangle where they feel trapped. Um, and unfortunately, um, people depend on food or substances either to um, give them some type of reward or pleasure. And the other side is going to be where it's just a habit, um, a bad habit over and over again if they're in a, in a negative situation or um, they're in their car or what, if they're outside, they're going to pull onto those habits. And then the last one is just to suppress anxiety and depression. And so I think going into this pursuit of medicine, I saw that there are so many traps that people actually fall into, unfortunately. And, and it actually, I found myself into that trap when it comes to um, my, my behaviors. I eventually went to finish my psychology degree, went into medical school at Chicago Medical School in North Chicago, Rosalind Franklin. And I realized that I was also having um, unhealthy coping mechanisms when it comes to stress. Um, and I would say, even my classmates, everywhere you looked, people were just not knowing how to cope with stress, unfortunately. So either people were binge eating or they were um, uh, indulging in substances or they would just be um, in a place of isolation. Um, and, and so I thought that was really something that I I, I knew that there was so much more to medicine because even though I went through all my rotations, I, I felt like I was delivering patient care, giving prescriptions, but people were still getting sick. People um, still had outside pressures. Um, they had real struggles at home. They were overwhelmed because they were caregivers. And so I, I saw how human behavior um, and our, our actual environment can be really burdensome. And so when I looked at myself, there came to a point where I also had um, symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. Um, so I was the one, um, unfortunately, um, after <clears throat> either before or after tests, just running to the bathroom, um, just constantly. And, and I didn't realize it's not just because of the stress, but I was consuming high amounts of sugar salt um, from fast food, frozen food. And a lot of, I would say, people may relate and even my patients and I, and I, I, we can say that, yeah, that's what kind of puts you in that addiction, but also in that sense of trying to help cope um, and on top of that I, I had I would say it's I can really now say I've had moments of that depression anxiety even issues with mood and memory concentration and it's kind of interesting when you're going through these systems and people are trying to understand what's going on with you and you're trying to understand yourself um, but I would say that um, it's it's so important to look at your lifestyle. Um, your lifestyle is the the number one cause of most chronic disease. Um, they say 80%, and it's the most com common cause of your your symptoms. It can even if you don't have a diagnosis. Um, I would say that there is something underlying, and it is as basic as sleep, exercise, nutrition, emotional well-being, connectivity, and substance use, and. And so eventually I um, finished that and was able to um, realize that there is a connection between my lifestyle and my health and my even my mental health. And so 
I, when I, I, I eventually quit the fast food and everything. I saw myself getting better. I lost some weight um, unexpectedly. I, I was, I always saw myself thin, but I actually, I would say to me, I felt like a balloon. I was always bloated. I was 15, 20 pounds more than I am now. Um, and then I went into my residency for family medicine and I finally discovered what lifestyle medicine was, that that was the missing link um, because um, at that point, I, I knew that there was something more. And I, if you don't mind, if I can take a pause, I am just going to connect. I think my computer's yeah. dying. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, and so coming to Loma Linda was just eye-opening for me because not only is it one of the blue zones, um, but it was the first time in my life where I was exposed to vegetarians and vegans. I grew up as a carnivore. Everyone knows that I ate every animal alive and I had no sense of um, guilt and or no sense that this was actually um, messing up my microbiome and my gut health and, or my own mental health. Um, and so when I saw um, people around me live um, and eat and enjoy their fruits and vegetables and enjoy the grains and see these recipes all around me and how not only did they uh, enjoyed, but they looked great. Um, they were happier, they were healthier, they weren't um, taking as many medications as most of my patients. They were uh, 90, 100 years old, just like my spin instructors, 670, 60 years old, and living life to the fullest. I, I was so drawn. Um, I said, this is what I want. This is what I need. And I eventually tried that lifestyle um, when and was able to get rid of my IBS and have better mood, better mental health, um, better focus. And, and through the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, I had that immersion. You know, if you go to these conferences, it's one week of immersion. And so you, you're not really running to the, another restaurant because they provide the food. So you have um, a, an opportunity to really experience the whole food plant-based meals. And I, I think that's one of my recommendations for everyone, just even one day, one week, and you'll be surprised that it is something that you can actually transition to. Absolutely. So what was your initial uh, reasoning for even wanting to go into medicine? Was, was this a family thing or did you have something happen to you that cho you chose medicine? Or yeah, and I, I would say uh, my, I've, I've witnessed it within my own family, unfortunately, uh, my, on my mother's side, that my, my grandfather, he actually had very severe diabetes, ended up having amputations at a very young age in his 50s, uh, to the point where it, it was not only him, but multiple um, family members suffer from diabetes. And then I saw in my own um, father, he actually had autoimmune disease. Um, and then in my husband, Micah. Um, and so I would say, I just, the reason why I truly chose medicine, because I was able to wear multiple hats when it comes to not only the psychology part, but the m medical part and see, you know what, this is truly my, my calling uh, and really where my heart is because um, there are ways to heal and and it is not always traditional medicine sometimes it's outside of the box lifestyle medicine but or it's that um, once again I'm all about the the connectivity the, the therapeutic relationship between the doctor and the patient and and so um, I, I did um, jump around and thinking I was going to do psychology and be a clinical psychologist but being a, a physician is 
is a, an honor um, to be with that patient and have a very protective space um, with the patient. Absolutely. So let's talking about patients. So you, your family medicine, you do inpatient, outpatient, urgent care, all this stuff. So how do you introduce this concept of lifestyle medicine or whole food plant-based diet with someone who has no idea but needs it, but has no idea what you're talking about? So how, how do you go about that and how do they receive it? Absolutely. So I, I like to imagine lifestyle medicine like a tree. Um, so you have roots uh, and, and it's very, for me, it's very visual and to knowing that a tree is able to live and bear fruits um, by the way they live. By, and those roots are typically how you eat some nutrition, uh, how you sleep, so restorative sleep, how you move, exercise, and then emotional well-being, connectivity, stress management, resilience. And then the last one is the the substance use and trying to avoid that and even toxins and so um, I, I truly try to craft it in a way where I, I connect um, the whole picture to the patient. A lot of people, I would say, I work in an underserved population in San Bernardino too in an FQHC, and most of them don't want to take medications. They actually admit that to me or they're not taking their medications. So they're really trying to find their first line, which is what we recommend as um, physicians is lifestyle medicine, lifestyle modifications. And so they are actually more eager than I expected because sometimes there is language barriers. So I work with Spanish speaking patients and I speak maybe 50% and they're even that they are so willing because you can just have the beans, like the beans and the rice. They can do that easy. Um, and they add one or two vegetables. I've had patients um, with these, I would say language barriers, but they would have an A1C of 12, then 10, then six and five. And it's amazing um, to see that despite the, the language barriers um, or even culture barriers that people assume are difficult, um, but if you're able to just make it um, very practical and realistic and having, I would meet with them every two weeks. So that, I think that is very important, just having that accountability um, and that frequency. And so they're able to make those changes and they're very, I would say, in addition, um, not only they're transitioning to more plant-based, even 50, 70%, 80%, you've, you, all along the way, I think are wins. So I always celebrate wins with them. I think these little wins are actually um, elevated and amplified when we celebrate with them. And, mm -hmm. and so, uh, and then when they start quitting smoking and tobacco, they feel like a new person. So who wouldn't want to go down this road? And I, I would say I do it every time. I do it in the outpatient setting, the inpatient setting, and the urgent care setting. Um, and because who, patients most of the time in the urgent care setting have horrible URI-like symptoms, so respiratory issues, sinusitis, and uh, automatically they're getting the ditch, the dairy talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so I think uh, they're so surprised because all of them, I would say, maybe that's exaggeration, but maybe 90% would say, no one's ever told me that there's a link um, between my, my nutrition or my dairy or my processed food with my current symptoms. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's well, how both of us, um, Dr. Marvis and us, we just, we make that link um, and that's enough. And I work in the inpatient setting where patients who just had a 
a myocardial infarction, so a heart attack, a stroke, a traumatic brain injury, or even an amputation. And you would think that, well, wow, they're at the end of their life, or, or they just have a life or death situation. Are they truly even interested in making this radical change or making a shift? And I would say most of the time they are. Um, they're looking because they knew something didn't work before. Mm -hmm. uh, and right. And, the, and they, these patients also are the ones who didn't ever really see their physicians, unfortunately, and they didn't know that their high blood pressure or their stroke was caused by their, their meals that they eat on a daily basis. So right. when, um, when you give and shed light to them, I would say that most of them are eager um, and, and hungry for this type of discussion um, because it's it's pretty rare now, um, but now it's like you said, um, we're, we're trying to bring that awareness. Absolutely. So I think it is frustrating too when physicians make an assumption that their patients won't make a change or won't listen. So they never bring the topic up, which I think is unfortunate and I consider malpractice. So with you are a patient and you have diabetes, high blood pressure, overweight, all these GI issues, bone, whatever, you name it something can improve with the whole food plant-based diet and lifestyle modification. So if your doctor's not speaking to you about it, ask them. If they tell you it's hogwash, find another doctor. <laughs> this is how I like to proceed with that type of stuff. But so that is awesome. So you see the connection early in your career, which is amazing. Um, so my daughter's in medical school she's a third-year medical student and she wants to do family medicine as well so I'm hoping you Wonderful. know she's also plant-based and she understands the power of lifestyle and I, I'm really excited to see younger people like yourself who are reaching and moving in that direction how do you feel do you feel like we're moving in the right direction do you feel like we're still kind of just early phases like what are you seeing with like your community but you're also in Loma Linda which might be a little bit of a bubble but can you tell us a little bit just in your genre your your generation of um cohort of physicians what are you seeing absolutely i definitely think the the millennials or the gen x and all all these um i would say they are searching. I think they've already had this conscious living. So there's that term conscious living or uh, uh, more healthy living or even um, environmental friendly ways of trying to be their advocate for their, their future and their now. And so mm -hmm. I definitely see that on social media. I see that in my community and even outside Loma Linda. Um, I would say I've been honored to just talk at other universities, other community settings um, within the county and outside the county in Southern California. And through the American College of Medicine, uh, Lifestyle Medicine, it's been around for 2004, but I, as you can see, there's something called Lifestyle Medicine interest groups that are all over the nation, even around the world. And so it's definitely uh, not only a movement, but it's, it's an acceleration towards this is, now this is how we practice we don't have to wait for um for policies and we don't have to mm -hmm. wait for um i would say even opportunities because the opportunities are already there we just have to take it and we have to um, show our patients and we have to be an example and i would say it's definitely alive um, at many platforms and i'm excited to see not only um there's movements not only in the medical schools but in the undergrads um, mm -hmm. setting as well. So I think education is huge, social media, um, and also 
a lot of community um, grassroots uh, initiatives are are there. I don't think they're going to go any away anytime soon. So I'm, mm. I'm excited to just be part of that and engage in that like in that um, generation. What would you be consider an ideal practice as a physician? You have patients come in. What would you like that experience to be for your patient? Like, what would be an ideal setup and setting? Oh, I love that question. I think I dream about this daily <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's so meaningful. Because I I think patients tell me all the time, "Can you just take me um, with you to go grocery shopping? Can you take me <laughs> to the farmers market with you, or in your kitchen, and just show me?" Because I I don't know. I don't know where to begin. I don't get it. I don't know how to substitute my food. I I need to like go through multiple cleanouts in my fridge, in my pantry. I I just need somebody there. And I would say. And that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be a great mm -hmm. experience is to, to be that um, person and to even just go to families and, and even group settings. And I think a group setting would be, um, I, I see how that's powerful. I, I host group visits as well. And so patients are definitely teaching each other. We all just learn from each other and it becomes not only a support group, but an idea generator uh, for many people. And so, I think that would be my ideal way of practicing and and also getting on board multiple specialists. I know we both are primary care docs and I have my husband's rheumatology and I I would say to have multiple specialists um, be on the forefront um, because we all know that um, primary care doc, you see that us most of the time, but you also have to see your specialists. And sometimes we need su supportive specialists who, who don't necessarily um, hijack the plan <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and really be there to uh, agree with you, part, partner with the patient and say, you know what, I 100% will go forth with this whole food plant-based, but if we need to use adjunct medications, so be it, or interventions or procedures. But um, I think uh, finding that opportunity would, would be awesome. And I, I would say Micah is definitely been my he's been my support, but also he, I, I guess we'll have to save it for another time, but he definitely has a very interesting disease reversal story too. And I, my most interesting disease reversal, I would say is a lot, I get, I don't know about you more, Laurie, um, Dr. Marvis, I get a lot of reversal of um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease lately. Um, it's just, it's just becoming so common now. You see the differences on ultrasound, you see the differences on their labs, and, and when before it may not be so apparent, and even um, cardiovascular disease, angina, COPD, and even there was an atrial fibrillation. I got one like that too. And it's just, mm. you never know where this whole food plant base will take you. And I mm. think we just have to keep trying um, for every system to allow it to uh, manifest um, mm. if it's in women's health or any other type of, I would say, disease um, state. Absolutely. So yeah, my youngest patient that I had fatty liver in was 12 and that was several years ago, but we put her on a, I was in Western Colorado. So it's a little town. Um, well, it's not, it's a little grand junction, um, in got our family on board and they were financially strapped as well, which was great because I'm like, this is the cheapest way to eat. It really is. You can't beat beans and rice. I don't care. 
there's nothing cheaper. <laughs> so um, we actually sent her also because she had such an elevation in her liver enzymes and some other things. We sent her to a pediatric GI specialist, which is a big deal in Western Colorado because there's not that many specialists. And um, they told her that my plant-based diet was hogwash and crazy. And mom came back to me and was in tears. And it's like, so you're telling me one thing, the specialist is telling me something else. Who do I believe? I don't know what to do. And I'm really worried about my kid, rightly so. And so what happened was um, I said, trust me, let's go on that whole food plant-based diet. Give me two months and then guarantee you're going to see results. And sure enough, completely normalized labs, no signs, you know, sonographically of any of the fatty liver. Sent her back to the, to the GI doc to verify and, you know, do my full things I should be doing as a primary care doctor. And she goes, oh, that's great. Good job. Keep doing what you're doing. After she had already said that I was crazy. So for me, that was a bit of a win and a loss. The loss being the Pete, that doctor didn't say, well, that maybe is something I should be looking into. You know, um, she wasn't receptive to being, you know, maybe she doesn't know everything. Maybe there is something to this. And two, um, the win is that the patient now can understand that not all doctors are fully educated and that she has the power this young girl and she started moving and exercising, right? She wasn't, she was playing video games. We did a whole lifestyle transformation. She was doing her first girls on the run. So it's really cool to see the power of this happen in a young person because now what's, what's going to happen. She's going to be, she's old enough to remember as she gets into adulthood helping others and, you know, teaching it. So it's going to be really cool to see those type of stories, but um, yeah, diabetes, fatty liver, joint pain is a big one. Sleep better, menopausal symptoms, because I'm, I'm in that genre of middle age. <laughs> so, you know, you see these things happen and, and people get better. It's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And you just reminded me of two of my patients. Um, one of them, I was seeing a GI specialist and she had a multi-drug resistant H. pylori. So she's been on mm. multiple, multiple rounds, had multiple scopes and, and she was trying this whole food plant-based and, and it, I think she just didn't get gain the support, but as the more she tried, she actually saw huge results and lost, I, I think it was like 70 pounds and wow. we, yeah, it was huge amounts. And, and she was surprised herself to see her lab and her ultrasound normalized at the same time. Um, she was trying to convince her doctor um, that this is real. And she showed, she literally came to me and said, thank you so much. Cause I, I've been tracking she created this long timeline of her journey and she said wow. these were my labs before and after this is when I transitioned to from 50 percent to 75 now 100 percent plant-based and look at my journey and these are the medications I was on so it was like 10 medications and now no medications and then she was bringing these to all her doctors <laughs> and then and then she came to me and she's like finally someone gets it and I thank you thank you so much and 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 so I get really proud of patients when they do this when they when they become uh just the 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 one in the driver's seat and really mm -hmm. taking charge and and demonstrating to us the health professionals that this is possible and real and what's even more interesting is she became a, a lifestyle medicine coach um, because oh. she couldn't she just couldn't stop talking about it um, right. so this has become her new purpose in life and it's been amazing and then my other patient as well she 
had IBS and scleroderma, autoimmune disease, and fatty liver, alcohol dependence. And she also didn't realize, just she said, oh, it's been three months. I've lost 50 pounds. I, I was able to, she thought she had liver cancer and just because of some unusual findings. And then it was such an ease for her. Um, and, and so you have, I would say a variety of people who, who get on this boat and this journey and they realize um, it's not only doable, but it's, it's so, it's, it's easy. And at the end of the day, it can be easy. It can, it, there are some hard moments, but it can be um, a breeze when you have someone cheering you on. Right. So I think there's, that's a really good point, right? So number one, you have to be responsible for your own choices every single day. And is it a perfect journey? No, there's never going to be a perfect journey. But two is that community, having a doctor on board or finding someone socially online or offline, someone, a friend, a family member to support you while you make that transition. But two, I think it's really powerful. Um, one individual's story could change so many lives, right? So it's called Social Contagion. There's a book called Connected. And um, it's fascinating. I've done talks on it because I just find it so in amazing. But they actually took the um, Framingham study data that was so well documented, like who your friends were, the color of your eyes, your family, your work relationships. And they found that ob even obesity can be contagious up to three points, three degrees of separation mm -hmm. as far as like connectedness. And what they found was, if you're thinking about this, so can positive lifestyle change. So if you have physicians or someone who wants to be a health coach now, or anybody in the community has connections, if they're making positive social change, that's going to affect people that they don't even know. So your friends, friends, friends are going to be positively affected by your choices or negatively choices by your negative choices. So the, we, we don't live, you know, in our isolated little silos. We are all connected. So it's really cool to hear your stories and then having someone, you know, heal and say, I want to be a health coach. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, I think it's absolutely amazing. And that's what physicians up, end up doing. I think we all have a personal yeah. story of, of health transformation and, uh, and, and we realize that this works for us. And I, one thing I also encourage patients I, is now there's this new wave of intermittent fasting that's being mm. becoming more visible. And so a lot of patients have this question. And so I like to also in get in tune with that and be up to updated and making sure you know that that's an option if they want to do eating twice a day with a six to eight hour window or if they want to do five days um into restricted eating so a little bit less calories and then to the weekends you're eating maybe double that but all whole food plant-based and so you mm -hmm. there are multiple mechanisms and i think a lot of people get fixated on the weight issue mm -hmm. and um and forget that um, we're, we're eating for nutrition, not necessarily the number of uh, the pounds or the calories. And, and so I think I, I just brought it up because there's a you, the New England Journal of um, Medicine just released a really great, I would say, diagram. I think it's amazing because it talks about the anti-aging, reducing oxidative stress, um, and and, and in actually helping with insulin resistance and autoimmune disease and through the mechanism the mTOR so that's what it it goes through and seeing how literally when you put when you're able to just rest your body in terms of 
um, not eating, you're actually finding other method, methods or mechanisms to heal. So um, I'm definitely trying to bring that to the table. I have some, I have a variety of patients and sometimes they come up with uh, all these questions. And so I, I like to just bring the evidence and, and the science to them because it is a partnership and, and we need to find out how we can um, have an answer to, to those who are involved with keto or those with pescatarian or just the mixture of bad diets out there. We, I think um, it's, it's great when we can, we can stay from our science experience and also our patient experience. Absolutely. So what patient has inspired you the most? Ooh, <laughs> good. Um, let's see. I would focus on, oh, there's so many. <laughs> I, I mentioned that my top two, um, let me, let me think about another one who, who I, 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 I have to mention my husband because it's, it's just him <laughs> because that's, because every day I see this, um, in him. And, um, so he ha had, Unfortunately, he went through the Atkins diet and ended up getting gout. Um, try was mm. trying to bulk up for football, um, oh, and wow. and then ended up getting um, the classic presentation of toe pain um, that eventually accelerated to something called a pseudo gout, and then another thing called ankylosing spondylitis, where he was having TM TMJ pain and unable to um, walk at times and limp around and. And, and I would say he definitely, I saw how even salt, sugar, and oil and processed foods were his triggers, but I, I also noticed that um, when he ate healthier, he felt much, much better. And, and so when he was able to make that connection, um, I, I get really, I got really excited. And so now it's just a defined new purpose for both of us because we can't, if we're not eating healthy, we're not, we, we know that the symptoms will come back, um, mm. to be honest. And so we have to be very, very careful and health conscious. We have to um, know that this is the way we practice, but also for our patients. So when we practice it as uh, providers, then our patients definitely know that um, they can try it for themselves. And we've been on the other side. And, and that brings me to um, I think my, and I worked in student health um, for a year, and so those patients um, at a very young age, adolescence age, would be overconsumed um, with the, the mood issues, anxiety, depression, polysubstance use, but when you have a story where they can relate to, um, it really makes a big difference, mm -hmm. and um, so I would, I could definitely go on and on but thank you for trying to for me to pinpoint at least one <laughs> well I think it just says that there's so many that's that's really actually exciting that there's so many that you can't necessarily say more than just that you know, like there's like more than just a handful these are like there's just so many in so many different ways right so for me it was multiple patients as well there's a patient who cried because she could finally go into a store and try on clothing without being embarrassed and feel good mm -hmm. about herself or at someone's mm -hmm. change in mood. And so now their marriage is better or seeing a child who had, you know, fatty liver respond and do great or someone coming off 
you know, 70, in, 70 units of insulin a day within seven days, or someone, one of another patient that's lost over 225 pounds. So, you know, these are those stories, all of them in their own way are so inspiring. So it is, it's hard to find just one. <laughs> so yeah. I was kind of a mean question, I think, in the sense now that I think about it. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Cause I was thinking of my experiences where they have like, we have 18 day programs or those 10 day programs. So they're like in a controlled setting. And those are right. fascinating too, where patients can actually get off oxygen. Um, I had an 80 year old, she wow. was transitioning to whole food plant-based imagine at 80 years old and wanting to um, improve her health and so she would walk every every day and just walking every day for five minutes became half an hour and able to go from I think it was three or four down to almost nothing uh, absolutely no oxygen dependent and so those are the fascinating stories or patients who just experience um colon cancer unfortunately but after mm. the chemo and radiation they were so immobilized but when they were able to go plant-based and walk 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 um, they realized that they can have better endurance and exercise capacity and bring up their the, as simple things as anemia that was reversed mm. <laughs> just through plant-based um, mm. And then patients who have severe angina, scared to walk because they were a ticking time bomb, yeah. <laughs> um, be able to know, wow, um, not only am I able to take a few more steps and walk longer, but I, I can adapt this food and this lifestyle and have a chance to make memories with my, my kids and my mm -hmm. grandkids. Um, mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think I am very, very blessed because I, I do it every day and I don't realize that, you know, that it is a gift each time you can have that connection with the patient and to impact their family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I think for me, I, I call it veggie crack. So basically, if I have patients, because you feel good, you, you get a dopamine bit of a rush when you help people. So I'd like you know, if you just eat some vegetables to get better, you give me a little bit of a rush. I would appreciate you, you know, refilling my veggie crack. So, you know, that's, it's the, the idea, like you said, and it's, it's so nice to hear patients um, appreciate their doctors, but doctors also appreciate that experience. And you're not going to get burnout by doing this with patients. There's burnout would be almost, I think, impossible doing lifestyle medicine because there is so many benefits to you as a person and a physician, but also your patient and their family. So, I think absolutely. I I think it's it's amazing that um, we can definitely take them to a new level and being able to redefine. I always come back to their purpose, their motivation, what keeps them alive, what gives them joy. Very very simple things, mm -hmm. but you would be surprised that people lack that, and oh, and that yeah. people can't put pinpoint it. And so when you offer this new lifestyle, they it's almost revolutionary. They're able to say, yeah, that's, that's so good. I have something not only to live for, but go work towards mm -hmm. and, and it helps our planet. It, it helps communities. I, I just wrote a post on social media, how it just helps with deforestation, air and water pollution, um, world hunger. It's, it's just endless how much we can be compassionate to our planet, ourselves, animals, in addition to um, eating a healthier lifestyle. Right. Absolutely. So, cause I, I think part of the issue is that we've in our society have realized or we've accepted normal chronic disease as normal that everyone is going to age and have heart attacks and have cancers and diabetes and 
fatigue and not live through thriving way. And that's not normal. This is not normal. And so people get really almost a little offended when you say that. I'm like, what makes you think this is normal? This is not normal. Look at other animals in the world. We are animals. They don't, you know, they don't become decrepit and overweight and go line up at their pharmacy and make special diagnosis, you know, special foods. I mean, chronic diseases for the most part, for the majority of the cases, a choice by what you're doing every single day. You know, just like, you know, like tell people you're a doctor, right? You are a doctor because you made choices every single day to work towards that. And where you are now is because of all of those little choices that you did every day. That diabetes, the hypertension, it's the same. Or if you're healthy, it's all these choices that we make every single day. Yeah. And it's so enlightening, right? It, it is. And sometimes it takes, sometimes it takes um, um, multiple touch points. Um, sometimes yes. it takes um, a different um, voice and a different face to make that connection. And, and I think there's always that hope and, and, and that um, way to heal beyond um, what people expect. And so I think just keeping an opening in mind and know that there's a connection with their heart disease to their PCOS to their osteoporosis to mm. their arthritis. It's total inflammation. It's systemic inflammation mm. that starts because of an unhealthy um, nutrition or, or um, lack of sleep or poor coping skills when it comes to stress. And I think we just need to understand that disease starts much sooner and and that we could actually prevent that and then treat it the same way and reverse right. it the same way right which is amazing right absolutely so i always get questions about what do you eat in a day <laughs> yeah sure so i have this banana i i love <laughs> bananas um I, i'm just well, at least these tropical thai ones because i'm allergic yeah. to the other ones so i know a lot oh, of patients no. have some I would say food sensitivities and I can relate because I actually have, um, I'm allergic to melons, bananas, sometimes avocados, and I've met patients oh. who are sensitive. I know it's sad. So, such a sad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, and so that's, it's, but there are ways to substitute. And I have, I met patients who are like, I can't eat beans. What do I do? Oh. Or, or lentils. And I say, there's still ways. And, um, and so, I kind of navigated my way around it. And so I, I definitely am the one who eats. Uh, I like my oatmeal with flax and cheese seeds. Um, so you have your omega-3 and it's also two tablespoons. It's the equivalent to an anti-hypertensive medication. So I'm always just trying to put that in in there. Um, and so I already, in my breakfast, I already try to get the 30 grams, the, the bare minimum of fiber per day. <laughs> and then, so eventually I aim for 80 grams of fiber today. I don't count, but it's because I've, I counted four patients so that I can give them an example of my meals. And, mm -hmm. and for lunch, I typically have some type of Buddha bowl. So if it's quinoa and brown rice, black rice or red rice, red quinoa with uh, any sweet potato or a squash with um, some type of edamame, black beans. Um, and usually it's either done in the, I roast it. <laughs> I love roasting or in the Instapot. And then at night, I, I, I'm very simple at night. Um, I just have literally miso soup and any type of um, leafy vegetable. Mm. And, and, and essentially that's, that's my, my, 
typical day to day. I do have my my cooking, <laughs> I would say kitchen show, uh, my Dr. Lifestyle's kitchen, and I put a little bit more curated, uh, created one, so I I can have a plant based burger once in a while, or a pasta, or some desserts. And so there are some fun treats in there. I try to definitely use herbs and spices to have that flavor and to veganize my old recipes I used to love uh, as non-plant-based and really find ways to incorporate my own culture and other um, ethnic dishes. I'm, I love to do that as well. So I think that it's definitely um, very exciting. That's, that's one of my hobbies. So um, just being able to play around with recipes. So I encourage it for everyone there um, listening. You, you definitely can substitute for different types of foods. Absolutely. So if you had, because I'm pushing towards an hour, bless your heart. Thanks for bearing with me no here. Problem. So what is the one bit of advice? Let's say that, you know, someone's been listening to this and they like, wow, what is this lifestyle stuff and chronic disease? But they're like, wow, maybe I'll try this. So what is that one bit of advice you like to give patients when someone's maybe teetering or not sure how to start? Absolutely. I think it's just knowing yourself, knowing what you already enjoy um, when it comes to plants, when it comes to your fruit or vegetable, your go-to beans or nut or seeds. I, I think a lot of people have seen um, a few things and just working your way up. Um, I, I tend to show people the plates and if you're at 5%, I know I... I've, I've encountered people who only eat zero to one fruit a week. So uh, there's a lot of in room for improvement. <laughs> so I, I say, wherever you are, just start to um, go to the other side and increase it. Um, and some people can go just like um, tobacco cessation. Some people do it cold turkey and quit. Some people can go tomorrow and do 100% whole food plant-based. But I would say, do, um, we call it smart. So um, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, these ways of just finding very measurable small goals is probably the most, I would say, uh, realistic for yourself and sustainable and, and, and where you can celebrate those small wins and realize, hey, I, I did it after six months or after a year. So I would say that's my big thing is start where you are and then move. It's, I think we definitely need to just keep moving, exercising, um, just as we eat um, right after I say, go and exercise, go take a walk. Um, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, um, make it a natural routine as a family, find your allies, your friends, um, even like you said, if, if it's a Facebook community, um, anyone around you where you're surrounding yourself, that's what I did, I loaded my library full of books, I read or watched documentaries, I literally had to immerse myself so that when I did get that temptation, um, I had a place of refuge, <laughs> and and then it then I was able to uh, just understand and be prepared when it comes to social settings. When it comes to, uh, I would say, um, and when it comes to the place where I maybe got tired, I with recipes, I there was always something. There was always something within reach. So I say, just make sure that you're you're within arm span of someone else to carry you and to encourage you. Absolutely. So I, <clears throat> it all goes back to the connections, right? So your connection to the food, your connection to each other and building those bonds. 
But like you said, the journey is different for everyone. I literally went overnight, but lots of people prefer to do small incremental steps. But I would always say connect to that future self that you're wanting and looking for. So like you said, hope is where do you hope to be in a year or a month? And what are those little steps you can break down to get you there every single day that'll make a change? So fabulous advice. So Thank you again, and we so appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom with us, and I'm so excited to see where you and Micah go as far as your practice in, in California. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate all your time and your encouragement and your force really taking people to another level. <laughs> I appreciate it. I tend to be a little pushy, but that's okay. One of us has to be. <laughs> so yeah. thanks again. 